G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. This is number 97. 97. Wow. I can't. Th- this is probably the most <laughs> the most consistent thing I've done in my life is the podcast, which is really ridiculous and sad on many levels. Uh, but we thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing. We hope you're safe, your family's safe, you're doing good. If you're going through a hard time, just hang in there. Shit changes, stuff changes, and life gets better. So um, just hang in there. Reach out to people. Reach out to friends. Just play guitar. Listen to more Guitar Wank podcasts. We'll, we'll definitely probably depress you more. But whatever you're going through, we hope you are, or you're in good spirits and you're having a great Thanksgiving week. It is here in America, which is my favorite time in Los Angeles. It's usually a lot cooler. Like today is a beautiful, cool-er day as opposed to the hot, sunny weather we have every single day, it seems like. But um, it does start to cool down with Halloween and everything. It changes. You can feel it. It's nice. You can actually think about having an open fire. But uh, as we are having this week, another heat wave. I think for Thanksgiving this Thursday, for everyone else in the world who doesn't you know, celebrate Thanksgiving, which is very ironic when... Um, people ask me so do you guys celebrate thanksgiving in australia i love that question it's such a great question it's like how many quarters in basketball um so anyway it's a it's such a great week i love this time in america because as i said the weather and you get to eat all this amazing food and uh yeah it's a lot of fun and the year just disappears after this it just goes so quick halloween chris no was it halloween thanksgiving then christmas and and then into 2018. So we're nearly there, folks. It's crazy. i got to say a big shout out to an old student of mine from many years ago, Andrew Tompkins. Andrew, I heard you're a big listener, mate. I salute you. I didn't know you actually went on to serve and you are now a veteran. You, uh, you obviously did some time, I think, in Afghanistan or somewhere like that for with the Australian Army. I salute you, mate. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm thinking of you. I just wanted to send a big shout out and to all our veteran listeners. Man, just, you know, mad respects. Mad respects. I, my grandfather was a prisoner of war uh, in World War II with the Japanese for like three years on the Burma Railway. So I grew up with this iconic... Well, he died when I was a baby, but still with this iconic man that went through all this just incredible stuff at such a young age i think he was in his early late teens early 20s and to go through that so i have mad respect for anyone that serves and has to go over there and do what they do and so andrew big salute mate and thank you so much for listening to get guitar wank podcast we really appreciate it we hope you're doing well mate and uh eventually we will catch up or cross paths again so all our veterans out there, because it was Veterans Day the other week, big uh, salute from Guitar Wank. We all really appreciate everything you guys do. Please let us know if you're a veteran and you're listening to the show. Write us an email at gmail, guitarwank at gmail.com. That's it, guitarwank at gmail.com. Or go to our website, guitarwank.com. Uh, you can buy hat. I was going to say hats. <laughs> you can't buy hats. But, man, I want to get hats. Yeah, You can buy a mug. You can buy a t-shirt, uh, send us an email, send your pics, 
you, you, if you've sent it before, send it again. I will play catch up. But anyway, uh, this week we've got back to Bruce and Scott. It was an interesting session to say the least. My system went down and um, I had to pull out a 1930s Mac book pro <laughs> that had garage band on it that i'd never used before and uh, had to get that to work and record and it did but it kept stopping and starting anyway it worked out you can hear it so um i'm not going to ramble anymore big thanks to all our uh guitar wank supporters Wireworld has sent us a um some prizes for the 100th show competition and how we're going to give that away, we don't know, but they've sent us some really cool stuff. Big thanks to Guitar um, Wireworld <laughs> Pro Audio Cables. Oh, man, that's been a busy day. Uh, yeah, so there you go. So we'll, we'll let you know about that. And we've got more Richard from Fender coming up. We've got my good friend Rob Garland on Guitar Wank Extra. He'll be coming up. We've got uh, a Kiwi mate... Yes, uh, Nick Granville will be coming up as well on a guitar session. We might have a little bit more of Josh. I've got to double check that. Um, Josh Smith. So that'll be cool. So yeah, some fun stuff coming up. And uh, obviously the 100th show, we'll do some prizes and giveaways. and Yeah, so all good in the hood. All right, let's get into it. Mr. Bruce Foreman, Scotty Henderson. What do we have in store for the Guitar Wank listeners this week? Record this to your laptop. And a laptop from the 19. This is a laptop from the 1930s. Shit, is this, it gonna work? It is. We're <laughs> using Garage Band. Oh really? Yeah, because it's gonna work. My whole system is down because of Universal Audio. I blame you solely. No, it's all good. And Apple. Dan, it's Apple. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just shit. It's just computers and studios. And well, we're gonna do guitar wing with homing pigeons this time. <laughs> this, this may sound a lot different, but yeah, you know, it's all good in the hood. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another guitar wing podcast. Don't <sighs> sound so excited about it, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have some issues to address, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. You guys know that. We do? Yeah, well, first of all, we're, uh, for first, uh, we're recording on GarageBand. We're recording on GarageBand, recording on a laptop from the what, Dark what Ages. What format will that come out? Is MP3 or will it come out as a WAV file? Oh, that's these file, questions I can't answer right now. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's like AIFF. Um, so it's, it's really producing real files, not MP3s or some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be okay. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But... I'm I'm in the shitter, not you guys for once. I've, right. I've pissed off I've pissed off a lot of people too. Well, it's about time. <laughs> that's a lot of people in guitar wank. Two people you pissed off? I don't think that's well, really And too I would big just want to get this out of the way well, now. I think considering only three people listen to this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't think you'd have so too much to worry about. The first thing we need to address is my use of the word and um, a lovely lady. We had a lady write in 
and say and address this situation, but just the fact that she wrote in and wrote us uh, mm. as a lady. <laughs> Would you want to read what you're saying? I can't find it. Do you want to hear it? No, it's just give me the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, well, the gist of it is she, she loves the podcast. She's a big fan. She was completely disappointed in me. She thinks I'm a good guy, but I really dropped the ball by using the term tranny, cock and a frock. Um, he's just a cock and a frock. Cock and a frock. Okay, you got your frock. point. You got yeah. your point across. So, yeah, well, you should apologize for that. You're a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things before I apologize. You know, I'm going to be the bigger man and give them time to apologize to me. <laughs> good, good for you, Troy. Yeah. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Yeah, that works. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I would, I'd just be curious because she said you we have tranny. Um, no, transgender. I'm right. sorry. Right. There I go again. Transgender listeners and fans of Guitar Wank, and they would be offended that I use those terms and. Uh, Right, and you know it's education. You know you don't realize you, when you say those things that they're offensive to some people till somebody tells you. Well, this you is know, true. I mean, I'm learning as as we all are at the know, moment. Pretty much akin to calling black people with the N word. Yeah, I mean, is know, it really? Yeah, absolutely, it is. Okay. See, see, I'm learning. See, now he knows. Now I it's know. Okay, and you know, I mean, because we know Troy doesn't mean anything. Well, I don't. I grew up with transgender uh, people in my life did? and they were yeah i had transgender people in my life and they really? were good well not great we friends Australia, but good friends be honest. no we did we did well, they were from new zealand <laughs> <laughs> i actually do have some transgender friends so. yeah so and but, they would be definitely offended by would they that be kind of, i imagine they'd be pretty they thick skin. Be, yeah, but yeah absolutely. you're right she she called yeah. me on it and you know what? She is totally you know, right. This, this is too much like what's in the news. Can we change the subject? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've also stopped grabbing my missus on the boob just randomly. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I've noticed I'm, she's been wearing a flak jacket. Lately. Right? And she's she wants to go on CNN. And I just, yeah. you know. <laughs> All right. So that was one. So I apologize. She is right. And thank you. And I keep saying she because I can't think of a name. It might have been Tanya. Rachel, that's okay. Oh, shit, I should know. That's I'm right. so, I apologize for not remembering. So what's I the other thing? And the other thing is, well, you guys wouldn't know this, but one of my intros the other week, I I was ranting. We wouldn't know it because he thinks we don't listen. Well, you don't here. listen. <laughs> you guys don't listen. <laughs> I, I actually I actually said in a rant I was I talking to about to the first time <laughs> <laughs> talking about going to. I spent a lot of time in Russia and Eastern Europe, and I said, you know, going to Russia, I wanted to take deodorant to Russia because we found that traveling to Russia and sitting next to a lot of large Russian men, uh, their, their body odor was quite strong. And I thought taking deodorant to Russia would be a good idea. And I'd make a career out of that. That was my joke. And then I went on to say that I despise, and I did cross the line and I'll own up to this. I said, I, and I despise Russia. And and to be fair, I I did say jokingly, but it probably come across the wrong way. So I I do not despise Russia. I just despise the the, the coldness of the weather and the time I had in the country. And it has no reflection on the country or the people. The people were wonderful, 
but just the time I had was kind of shitty. I know because I thought there was somebody that, if I remember correctly, somebody said that you were bad mouthing America. Oh, that was Russia. That was two other guys that I don't give a fuck about because I was I wasn't bad mouthing America. I was just calling America on its shit because the Americans constantly say you're the best country in the world. And we've been through this, but you are not the best country in the world. You're not even close. I don't know what the best country is. I don't think there is. But you are far from the best country in the world. <laughs> well, put it this way. You, you know, you can't, you can't lump everybody in a country. <laughs> I mean, You're right. there are great You're right. people here and there are idiots oh, yeah. here. But I didn't, I'm not talking about the people, people in America. Right now, right now we're a little politically challenged right now. <laughs> but you know, a I mean, little? But that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean we're a bad country. It just means that, you know, the current political climate is not to my liking. That's for sure. But, but that's you know, actually, we'll get through that. That and, wasn't my point. The point no, I was yeah. making as a foreigner living in this country is that I'm, I'm so sick of hearing, and I think it's inbred with you Americans, and I'm going to lump you guys all in together, is you guys feel like when you need to be patriotic, you need to say it's programmed into your heads, oh, America is the best country in the world. And it's such a stupid thing to say because you're not. You're not even close to the best country in the world. You're a great country and I love you and I live here and I, I love the people and everything that it has to offer, but you're by far not the best country in the world. You're not even close to the bench country, best country in the world. What I mean, is the best country? There in the world? is no best country. There's All countries have great things and negative. Australia, we just voted in uh, approval of equality and gay marriage. Like how fucking behind is Australia to the rest of the world? Like, that but pisses Australia, me off about Australia's Australia. Australia's a really cool place. Australia's a great place, but that pisses me off about Australia that we even had to do that. But, you know, one cool thing about... You know what pisses about- me off is Switzerland has cuckoo clocks and chocolate. <laughs> that is what really... Why couldn't we have that? Well, one, one really cool thing about Australia, and I'm not saying that it would totally work here, but you did get rid of a lot of guns and get rid of some horrible stuff that happened, violent stuff that happened because you did tone down on the gun thing, which I believe we need to do too because they're just, there's too many damn guns out there. There's 300 million guns well, in this country, one for every man, woman, and child. But I, I don't think, I think we need that many. It's a, it is a different <laughs> issue when you really think about it because America, it's the NRA and it's about money. It's about green it back money here. And gre- greed. It's about greed it, here. It is, yeah. And greed, money here in America is more valuable than lives. Seems, seems, seems to, to be. be. Yeah, and NRA. And, you know, and whether or not that was a, an American exceptional thing that we exported, it seems to be throughout the world that that's well, it's definitely game. gone, yeah, throughout the world. So, uh, you know, there we go. We're number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, put it this way, just per percentage, we have a lot of gun murders in our country compared to other, uh, you know, civilized is a bad word. We're What's number the word one. For it? What's the word for it? <laughs> number one. Not, what's the word for it? Non, I'm talking about non Drug cartel countries, not Afghanistan, not Venezuela, yeah, like not Colombia. But I'm talking about the standard countries. Standard yeah, countries yeah. like you know, if you take Australia, most Canada, of Europe, most of Europe, most of Europe, and you compare that, we have far. Oh yeah, more, it's, a, it's more not even an argument than, than any other country. And you know what? A lot of those gun deaths are not mass shootings or anything like that. They're just 
a lot of them are like you know accidental Suic people suicide, suicide. suicide. You know, yeah. uh, just just uh, um, aggravated you know what do you call it manslaughter where you just get so pissed off and shoot somebody just on a whim because you, know, you can't like a premeditated thing but there happens to be a gun laying around the house and you get so pissed off you grab it and shoot somebody and 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 you know, other it's, countries, when the guns aren't so available and they're not right there for you to get, that kind of shit doesn't happen doesn't as happen much. much. It's because you can in America. Well, you can. Well, can well I, just wanna, want. I just want to say that I am grateful to live in a state that has open carry laws for guitars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, th I, think, I, I think that that's, I, that's my personal crusade is is you should be able to carry your guitar outside of the case whenever you want because it's a free country and that's i think the second amendment even addresses that there you go well speaking of that i don't know if anybody saw my facebook rant but we all have to boycott british airways oh i saw uh, that because yeah. they have absolutely just come down on musicians Fuck like musicians. they do not allow musical instruments on the plane Period. What did, what did you know, somebody so, play um, on the plane or something? So, <laughs> I don't know what happened. You know, somebody, one airline was doing musician that. musician must have played on the plane because it really pissed them off. And I'm telling you, not just the checkers, because, you know, the checkers on any any airline are assholes. you got to hide your axe from them yeah. and then get it to the gate. And the people at the gate are usually cool with it. But And the people on the plane are usually cool with it. But it's the checkers that are a problem. But with British Airways, it's not just the checkers. It's the across it's, the board. It's all the way across the board. If you try to get your guitar on the plane, what the crew will that? not let it on. You know, I think so, I think Qantas. A lot of flights to Australia, they won't let yeah. you carry on the. And we're talking soft too. case here. So, like a lot of musicians, just take it for granted. Well, I've got a soft case, so it's going to come on board. You don't know what a nightmare you're in for if you try to do that with British Airways. Because I have a friend that just tried it, and it didn't work out so well person had to leave their guitar at the airport yeah i know wow. guys, i know lots of guys who who still seem to be able to carry their guitar with a gig bag all around the world all the time i can think of a couple of guys who work all the time and travel and i can say singularly and this is how good my life has been obviously the one of the biggest things you know problems of my life has been getting a guitar on a plane I can say over my life, time, you know, worried about things and fighting with people about things and freak, you know what I mean? It's for all of us. Just all you know, of us I mean, and it's so weird. That. I mean, it's just a guitar and it's just a plane, you know what I mean? It's like, but really it's like, it's always even like I'm, I'm leaving Tuesday for Germany and I'm thinking about it. Who are you flying with? Lufthansa. They're they're up and down. They're so, no, you know, I'm gonna. Just... I've got a Carlton case. I'm gonna check it. Oh, it'll okay. Be well, yeah, oh, it'll okay. Be check it. It's no big deal unless they lose it, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and of course it's gonna it's gonna cost like a hundred dollars to check yeah, it. Now so, they have a hundred dollars yeah. for check luggage. I've been really lucky that I you know I play a Strat and it and it the the case for it that's a ATA approved case is an SKB and it's pretty. You know, for what it is, it's pretty thin, it's pretty small, and 90% of the time I get it on board. Yeah. Either in a closet or in the overhead, and no one even gives me a second look. But in Asia, no way. Wow. They're not going to let it on the plane in Asia because every flight is full and they just don't allow it. But what they do is really nice. 
They're very polite. They They're very considerate. Care. What they'll do is they'll take the guitar, they'll put it on the plane, by hand carry it, and then they'll hand carry it back to you at the gate, which is nice. Yeah, and gate check. Most places gate, will do gate it. Gate check will do it. It's gate sometimes check. the European stuff, they don't let you do it because of all the bullshit. Well, for one thing, if you've got a connecting flight, a gate check doesn't work because you have to change planes. So they can't, obviously, they can't bring you right. to the gate if you're, it's a connection. But what they can do, and one thing that really helps, is to put it on the oversized, uh, uh, the oversized belt. Right. Because on the oversized belt, it goes straight out to the plane where they hand carry it to the plane, and when they when it's transported, it's transported back to that same belt at the new airport, and it comes back on that belt without rolling and tumbling with all the other luggage. Right. So that's the best place to put a guitar is on the oversized belt, and at least you have a, a assurance that it's I'd not like just going to get, go rolling. I'd around. like to get a baggage handler from the airport on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joel Taylor, you know the drummer. Yeah, yeah. I know. He Joel. goes over there and plays. he played with Yanni, right? Yeah, he he goes over there and plays with a Russian jazz group, who's the saxophone player of that band. His father is a promoter, and uh, it's a really good band. I saw him play, and they play all over Russia. And he goes over there a lot, and they play like all the smaller cities in yeah. Russia. And Joel just has a, he has an amazing time. Yeah, I love watching his Facebook posts about. It. Does, do you ever talk to him about what it was like playing with Yanni? I have. <laughs> yeah. Please, just, please share. Well, he just says, you know, I mean, if anybody that knows Yanni knows that that's a comedy gig. I mean, it's just <laughs> funny. That's some of the worst music ever, 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 ever made. And, and to be a drummer and, and play that music, it has to be, you know, I mean, I'm sure Joel found some ways to uh, amuse himself while he was doing that gig. But hey, it paid the bills, and that's right. probably paid a lot of money. I'm sure <laughs> he did it for a long time, so I'm right. sure you know he's. Pretty I just well know Joel. He played on, he played on uh, an original band I was in. He played on some of Joel's our tracks. Joel's a great drummer, amazing really? drummer. He has he's a great cool little local gig. Friday nights, I've played it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. nice. Well, okay, gentlemen. So, guitar wank. What have you guys been up to? Fill us in. What's going on? Uh, go ahead, Bruce. Me. Uh, what have I been doing? Besides uh, the flat tire. Well, I had a flat tire today, yeah, and I got caught in traffic, but I live in L.A., so that's nothing new. Um, oh, you know, I've been playing a lot. Uh, going to Germany on Tuesday, got some gigs, got a workshop, got a record date over there. Can people with a, with find really, you? With a really good guitar player named Wesley Gehring. I thought you were going to say G-E-H-R-I-N-G. Right. Uh, he's... Uh, He's badass, and we're going to do like a two-guitar thing, a couple of gigs together, then I'm going to do some trio gigs, then I'm going to do a workshop for Stefan Sontag, S-O-N-N-T-A-G. He makes amazing archtop guitars. My red guitar is made by him. 
and uh, look, and my red guitar's going with me. She's getting new frets from her father, which is great. And uh, let me think, what else? Uh, been super busy finishing up school with my kids. They're all kicking ass, man. I got some amazing students, just amazing. And I got a new My Music Masterclass video coming out. It's going to be called, You Want to Play Something or Do You Want to Say Something? <laughs> Love it. It's talking about putting the music inside the music, you know. Oh, and the Junkyard Duo, our, our, we've just finished the mixes on it. The uh, record will be out the, in January, we assume, unless that it's a snag. And I'm very excited about it. It's going to be called Instagramophone, mostly one-minute tunes. Instagramophone. Yeah. That's a cool name. And uh, that's a lot, huh? You know? You know, we have a listener that was a little annoyed. Well, he was he he come all the way. I'm trying to find his email right now. But he come all the way from somewhere to see you at the Grove. Because every time he, tra he travels a lot, but he always misses you. Uh -huh. So he managed to talk to his brother and head to the grove they drove from somewhere like san diego or somewhere right. far all the way to the grove to see you on a friday night they get there no bruce that's not possible yeah no bruce foreman what did it say on my website that i was there? no and that's what he was pissed off about because you didn't up update the oh, website. i do update my website well, he so got you on this one. he said something about christmas maybe chris oh let me find it christmas any, decorations anyways, no if if he went to my website i was on the gig and uh, if they might have, they might have uh, advertised me when I wasn't there. That's mm, possible. That's probably what happened. I'm sorry for that, God. But you know? he he did meet a I can't remember what actress he met at the Grove. Yeah. But it made up for it all, so it didn't matter. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> she, what was her name? I, I'm trying to find the email. He was uh, he was pretty happy about the whole event. So. Yeah, I was there last Friday, and I'll be there this Friday. Of course, by the time people hear it, I'll have been there. So, sorry. So sorry. I sounded great. <laughs> Just want you all to know. <laughs> I never sounded better. You didn't sound better? Um, Scott? Have you, you finished, Chris? Scott's been up to a lot, too. What have you been up to? Not really. Not you haven't been up to Nothing oh, compared did you finish to writing, <laughs> composing, Well, I'm perhaps? done with the writing for the record, finally. You know, after six months. How many tunes? Ten. Uh, ten tunes. And, uh, yeah, it was just unbelievably hard, but, you know, fun. I, like, enjoy the process, even though it pisses me off a lot. Um, you know, I have to say that I, it's fun to do if you look at the good moments, like when good things happen and you get really inspired and it's fun. And, and those moments that where things just start rolling and coming together... Are, are worth all the frustrating moments <laughs> and there's lots of those but I'm just happy that it's done of course that doesn't mean that I mean you know it's not done till it's recorded on the record and finished but because I know that as I play and as I learn the tunes things will change they always do yeah you know how you learn something and then you find out something new that you could play another way and then you do that but as far as the bass charts and the drums like I don't think Anything in the bass parts is going to have to change. Like anything that changes will just be what I play. Right. I think that the meat of the tunes, they're done. 
and that's like a huge weight off my shoulder. Now I can be a guitar player again and learn the stuff. And uh, yeah, so I'm just, I've got five tunes under my fingers pretty good, and now I've got four more to learn, but I've got until February to do it. Yeah. So, but they're hard, so, but that's all right. Just, uh, yeah. That's awesome. One, one thing that's, one thing I, I noticed that, and I guess it's the same no matter what kind of music you're playing, but when you play the same tune a lot, you tend to find the best things. Like, I'm, t I'm not talking about the composed parts or the, the melodies and the, all that kind of stuff, the composition, right. but the Im improvisa improvisation through changes, you know, because a lot of the changes are, they're not in any way traditional. So they're, you know, they're angular and... As you discover new changes, you always discover the best voice leadings between those chords. You know, and, and now did you go out of you your it. did you go out of your way to try and come up with these changes, or is this just absolutely? Yeah, you did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't want anything in my music to be uh, too traditional. Right. You know, though I have one tune that's real traditional. It's almost like a rhythm changes tune. It's the one tune on the record that's really really traditional you know but the rest of it is not but 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 what i'm saying is that when you have these like chords and a chord progression and and they're angular like say like take a tune like uh i don't know i'm just off the top of my head orbits by wayne shorter or nefertiti or or a lot of the wayne tunes where the chords are just you know each chord is just a slice of harmony there's not a whole lot of groups of chords that where you can play in a key like almost every chord is a whole different slice of a key. You know, they just change. It's just changing harmonies. And sometimes you land home, but then you're moving again. And then you land home, then you're moving again. But my point is, is that when you're playing over new progressions and you keep practicing it, I find that I, by luck, and some of it's skill, but often luck, you land on these beautiful voice leadings between the chords and you remember them and almost as you practice it you almost start composing a solo because you hear those places where you always want to make them because they're so good mm -hmm. you know and the problem i'm having is that i don't want to have like a composed <laughs> solo for 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 a tune but it's almost like it's hard not to because if I don't make those really beautiful voice leadings, and I know they're not as good as that one that really is good, I'm not as satisfied. You know, so right. it's not like there's a bunch that a bunch of voice leadings that work. Well, does it matter? Uh, it matters to me. I mean, for the for the audience, they wouldn't know the difference because they never heard me play on it. But the, like, does it but, matter to you to go back to that to that note that really? really well, reaches out I, to you. I don't know if it matters or not because, you know, we've talked about this before where, like, a lot of times certain players, like, I mean, Bruce's name certain jazz players. I can't really remember their names, but that the, they had a point of playing almost the same solo.
I know there are some jazz musicians who kind of made a habit of playing these little mini compositions within improvisations, and you said, "Yeah, there are those tons guys. of guys who do yeah. that." That's that's a, it's a and, it, and it's yeah. I mean, and again, what is, what does improvisation mean? If you look it up, it means using the tools at hand to create something or something. I mean, it's very close to what the textbook definition is, and whatever that means to the beginning to the player. Louis Armstrong, I know, he would play over a tune until he had it just the way he wanted it. Then he'd play it that way forever. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and was he improvising? Kind of, because, you know, he was always open to something new happening. I mean, he liked it the way it was, but you can guarantee, like, however he was feeling in the moment, he still played it different. And, you know, I mean, to me, improvisation means, well, I've got vocabulary, I've got my guitar, I've got the sound I'm getting now. I've got the situation I'm in. I got the people I'm playing with. I got the way I feel, and and yes, there are probably things I've played on that song or songs like it, and all that's part of what I'm going to put together to make something happen in the moment. And you know, I think we often get again just get a little too full of ourselves about all this. You know, I mean, we're just here to play music and. Make beautiful sound, or, or at least shine light on the world, make people feel things, express ourselves, you know, all those things. And it's really not like, you know, so what? We just do it. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing about, just to mention vocabulary, if you compare it to a language, which I believe it should be compared to a language, you know... We, we all tell a different story, but we all use the same words. That's exactly you know? the point. So, exactly. so that's the point. thing is, is you're not going to... 
improvise and make up a new language. You're going to use the one that you have. Well, and you're going to and you're going to some you know, people you're gonna, do actually. Well, some people occasionally, uh, in some ways, bring out new things that have never been done before in little ways. And some yeah, people I actually mean, some ways. people have a whole different way of of looking at it that literally changes the world. But I'm just saying that your vocabulary is normally your vocabulary. And that's not so much what you change, but the way you arrange your vocabulary mm. and the way you cut and paste different ideas together. And you tell a different story. Like, for instance, you can hear Charlie, I mean, you can hear Coltrane's alternate solo to giant steps. And it's, of course, a completely different solo, but if you put a microscope to it's it, you hear, the same, oh, you yeah. hear the same ba-ba-da-da, and you hear da-da-da-da-da, yeah. and you hear a lot of the same ideas that are in both solos, that, which is his vocabulary, but he just arranged them to be completely different and yeah. told a different story, which is like a language. But, well, I actually told a very similar story, but, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, it was still improvised. It was still brilliant, you know. I mean, it was still freaking otherworldly, actually. One of the, but, one of the, but oh, you know, I mean, still, you know, I mean, again, the part uh, that I'm just everybody plays, everybody I know plays good enough, and being a musician means every day you get better if you're really a musician. That's what it is. We're all, we're all on this quest to get more vocabulary, to be able to play better, to know more things, right? That is, that's what being a musician is. But if you don't at some point accept, I'm this good, and it's up to my imagination to conceive of something that's mine, that's, you know, that's my way of looking at the world, of hearing the world, of making people laugh and think and feel. Um, if you don't accept that part of it, and it's just about spewing vocabulary or arranging vocabulary you're missing the point of in my opinion what music is really all about that's all you know i mean yes of course in every context there is vocabulary in every context we are using the same if we're playing western music we got the same you know chromatic scale blah 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 but um if, if you're not engaging, like, a point in what you're trying to say, using your imagination, if you're just blindly regurgitating shit, then, you know, you're missing a huge point of what we're all here to do musically. That's just my opinion. Well, I don't think good musicians do that. Good musicians know that a story is the most important thing, and when you're improvising and if you're not telling a good story you're not playing a good solo it's it, is it, simple it as that it seems to me like imp the word improvisation is kind of a little there's there's not many boundaries on it but it's kind of a little overused well of course it is of course it is why is it overused well because you could be playing a tune that you've played a hundred times and because you play similar things you may be still improvising, but you're playing the best part of the, that tune that you've worked yeah, out over but time. But the thing is, there's a huge <clears throat> gray area between... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, classical music, in, in classical music, even those people are improvising to some extent, because even though they're playing written notes, right. they're playing their rendition of those notes, and they're playing their style and their interpretation of those written notes, mm. and that's improvised. That's good. It's point. not as improvised as... 
like say you know playing a solo on a standard it's not quite as free as that but it's still a level of improvising yeah. and there's that's, there's the other part which is just, you're you're in the world you know you, the acoustics are different therefore you have to deal with your sound and how you blend with everybody mm -hmm. else there's also people fucking up and you're fucking up so your improvisation even though you know you're supposed to play all these notes at a specific time <coughs> sometimes you got to catch up and do things sometimes you got to make up for right. what's happening I mean, you're always improvising simply because the human screws up you're, right? and there is yeah. nobody and I'll guarantee you we could get everybody and they'll all tell you not a minute goes by where there ain't some salvage of a fuck up. Yeah. I mean, so it's just the nature of, especially musicians who are particularly reach for the edge and are doing their best and are really putting themselves in that place to emote and to reach for the best of themselves. That makes you more likely to make mistakes, which means you're more likely to improvise your way out of them in order to <laughs> keep right. context. That's totally true. And that, uh, to me, that comes more into the, probably the word vibe. Yeah. What's the vibe of the whole? What's going yeah. on? You know. Yeah, like, I, I don't like the word vibe personally, but <laughs> oh, but for man. a different for a different reason. Not you know, it's it's again like like you say, improvise. It's an overused word, and I find a lot of times the word vibe is used in a sense of contrived behavior. Oh, okay. Not not necessarily. Yes, I agree with you. Vibe is is the right. real thing. But in general, when I hear the word vibe used... Or is it vibing? Dude, you're not vibing vibey, with me. Vibey, vibey. You know, <laughs> it's like they're making music that's to have a vibe. No, a vibe just exists because of what's happening. What's happening. You don't make a vibe. The vibe is, is a byproduct of what you make. Right, yeah. Well, in a way, you could make a vibe if you decide, like, say, for example, that you're going to keep a certain amount of mistakes because you don't want it to sound perfect. You know, like like if you're overdubbing. Mm. You know, I, I, I always I always manage to keep a lot of clams, fuck ups, because if they're not there, it doesn't sound real, and if there's too many of them, it sounds bad. Right. So there's a kind of a there's a kind of a so somewhere in the middle. Yeah, now. I think he hits a certain level of. No, I guess it just it says it's, it's too it's it says it's too slow, but it's, it's just the computer. But anyway, yeah, you're right. So what I was saying is that there's things that I do in the studio, especially like there are things that are wrong, but they sound cool. Yeah. So you keep them. If it sounds cool, it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. It's it's a keeper. Because it sounds cool, and hence you get vibe. You just and that's I guess that into a way. <laughs> well, that's again, where you that's get, my point. Where you get a vibe. Right, that's that's not a contrived. No, vibe. you don't. Again, against contrived things to me are are really what I mean. At my age, I just don't need any more of that. I've, yeah. I've dealt with a lot of that my whole and life. Is that, I don't want any more of it. Is that yeah. what's missing? Well, what in, does contrived mean? Is well, when, is when okay, contrived means when if something happens. Because of a natural event of occurrence, mm -hmm. it's not contrived. Something mm -hmm. contrived is when you plan for it to happen. We're gonna make this vibe. We're gonna, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like great. We're gonna paint the walls purple, and we're gonna wear, you know, we're gonna wear 
leopard skin and you know what I mean and we're gonna smoke cigarettes oh, and now we're hip is that why is that in today's music and even more so on today's and frankly that's actually what I'm going to do tomorrow so <laughs> if anyone wants to come over well I have a question <laughs> how did, how did, is that is that what's going on in today's music and especially on like the voice and American Idol like because everything is so planned out and perfect Contrived. And, and, it's and all it, contrived, and right? You contrive a vibe, you know, to create, yeah. okay. and that to me is like it's this that's what's missing contrived. in music today. That's, that's like that is what the word world vibe means to me now. Right. Okay. Well, here, when me, in fact that is not what the word really means. Here, well, let me ask a question. Sure. Say if I'm playing a solo in the studio, yeah, and uh, not too happy with it, you know, like I played some, you know, like. I mean, I just know the way I play. 75% of what I play is always good. But there's always that 25% that I just go, ah, fuck, I'm going to fix that. Right? So, so say on that, some of that 25%, I played some rhythmic figures that I didn't like. Or maybe I liked the rhythm figures, but I didn't like the notes. And the drummer reacted to it. So I'm going to overdub, and I'm going to fix that shit. I'm going to play better but i can't make the drummer sound like he just played that shit for nothing mm. because that would make him sound bad so i have to create some different notes but keep that rhythm so that it sounds like the drummer's still playing to me would you call that contrived no. yeah but i would but not in the context of what we're talking about but yes i would call that contrived but i mean if but you I mean, don't you, do it then you, if you, you know but, I mean, but it doesn't matter i mean it's not in a bad context it's, it is of course it's contrived but it you know, because you're planning it out, and it's and it's for a purpose. That's what contrived means. And it's not. I'm not putting a bad judgment. I'm telling the vibey thing. You know, and I'm talking like in the context of the hipsters, people playing just you know, I understand stuff that's just kind of meandery. But we're creating this vibey right. vibe. You know, and over <laughs> so cool. That no, shit won't make me want to puke. That's why I don't <laughs> like the word anymore because it's been sort right. of adopted. He by said a like Trump. I got it. But I'm just saying that like <laughs> in, the, in the. In the the example I just gave, but, but you, know, you really you're... don't have much of a choice. It's either you're going to keep your shitty solo that you hate, or you're going to make the drummer sound bad if you don't play something well, that he's Well, to you, he's going to sound bad. Probably to most people, it wouldn't sound bad. Well, I, I wouldn't. But but the idea has been like the idea has been created. So I think it's creative, and you're dealing with it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm not putting a bad judgment but, on. But it. in in that sense, there, then writing a song. And like, say, Paul McCartney writing what was the song where it was like eggs and bacon or something, and he come up with the melody, and then it turned into Hey Jude or something. Right. right. I mean, then that's kind of contrived because exactly. he kept composition is contrived. Of course, that's what right. the, by nature yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. And really... I mean, you're putting like a bad. You're putting like this. this right. I kind of feel con the word contrived, contrived is a shitty. Is not, no, it, he's what he's saying is contrived is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but I mean, it, it, contrived does sound like a shitty word. It does. It yeah. does. But in the context I was using it, it's kind of a shitty word. But it was only in that context. Right. What I'll tell you something that really interesting that happened to one of my tunes. Like I was writing this tune, and it came to the solo section. And of course, I'm not. I'm thinking, you know, well, we're going to deal with that in the studio. I'm going to play a solo in the studio. What with help? But I want to send the guys, the bass player and drummer, just like a solo, so that they don't have to just listen to empty bars. You right. know, like a, just a, you know, 
uh, just empty bars. They don't want, I don't want them to have to listen to that on the MP3 because I'm not sending them an actual DAW file. I'm sending them an MP3, and I want to have to just be bored with them listening to bar after bar after <laughs> bar of just emptiness. Right. So I played a solo, and I happened to just get lucky and play a really good one that I like. It's not that long. It's only right. like 16 bars long, but it's really cool. Then I improvised this other little weird uh, ambience that went over that. Then I w improvised a chordal thing that went over it, and they were all first takes. And now when I listen to the song, it has to be that way. So when I record That's the cool. song, I'm going to record it. it we're going to duplicate my, my recording cool. because, because it the can't be any other way. way. It became just, part of the arrangement. It became that's part of and the And I, I want to co correct that's myself. That's a golden nugget. I want to correct right? myself here. I looked up contrived, and actually, you, you know, you're right. There, it, with The way I used it was right, but, it, you know, it's like having an unnatural or false appearance or quality. Oh. It feels false. That's what I meant by contrived vibes. You know, it's like the whole idea of putting out a vibe, like music to make for a vibe. No, you make music for a feeling. And then the vibe becomes part of the feeling. That's where that unnatural mm -hmm. thing. Composition is just composition. You know, we're not saying contrive means you can't make things up in advance. You know, you can't work things out. Right. That's not. I'm not talking about that. Contrived is when you're sort of like a false sort of creation of something that just doesn't ring true. Yeah. And that's no, kind of what that. I meant when I said it. And you know, I kind of gave it a bigger meaning. Uh, but just correction there, you know, composition's composition. Arrangement, in the case of he came up with something that was cool, everybody else reacted to it and helped him make a new arrangement of the song, of course he's got to stay with it. It's, it's a great thing, you know what I mean? Well, but, I but it's, it's not as if he's not going to play somewhere else in the song, you know what I mean? It's like, how much of the arrangement, how much is, is like made up, who cares? You know what I mean? It's music. Well, the, the funny thing is, you know, when you do, well, when you're doing a record and you're looking at the total record. And there have to be some songs that show off the musician's chops where you stretch out, you play big long solos, and of course there's going to be those kind of tunes. But there also have to be tunes that are compact and make a statement without having to make them big, huge, blowing tunes for 10 minutes, right? So this little tune that I was just talking about is only like maybe four and a half minutes long. It's pretty short. But when we play it live, we stretch the hell out of it, and sometimes it's 10 minutes long. But my friend Kinsey, who was on the show, keyboard player, he heard uh, a YouTube version of us really stretching that tune out, and he called me and he said, hey man, you know, I heard you play that tune, and I just want to tell you that even though you guys were playing great, and it, it's a cool tune, and you guys were playing your asses off, he said, I like your composition sequence better because I think it does the song better justice and then i listened to the composition sequence which i always really liked right and i and i totally agreed with them i said yeah it has to be like this because yeah. this is really the song mm -hmm. it's not you you don't take the attention away from certain types of songs and then there's certain types of songs where they're meant to be taken lots of attention away from them you're going to come back to them sooner or later yeah. you know the melody or whatever it's like yeah, you're going to play Stella by Starlight, which what, the tune the, the tune lasts for what, 30 seconds? And then you're going to play 10 minute long solos, <laughs> and then you're going to come back to that 30 second melody and everybody's going to be happy. Right. Some tunes are fine for that, but other tunes, 
they just lose their magic when you do that to them, mm. when you stretch them out and make them big blowing tunes. You yeah. know? So I'm trying to just make a, a, a balance between which tunes, and I'm trying to discover right now which tunes we should stretch on and which tunes should remain kind of just little, little right. tunes. You know? <laughs> but that's just like in a way, like for, for example, Larry Carlton solo and Kid Charlemagne. I mean, it's part of the tune. Yeah, you gotta you can't, play it. You gotta play it because yeah. it's such a memorable solo that it just, and it's not that long, but it just became part, part of, of song. the song. And there's many tunes, especially when the solos are short. And if the solo's memorable enough, it has to be just, it's well, part of the thing. I it's, tell California, you couldn't do well, that yeah, song without and doing that. And that's, of course, a composed solo. Nobody yeah. improvised that. No. That's a composed solo. thing. But it's a great solo. Yeah. Who cares if it's composed or not? It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it, it does the song justice. Yeah. And that's the whole point, is to serve the song. You know, not to, not not the so song doesn't serve the solo. The solo serves the song. Uh, yeah. Not always, you know. Well, not always, but that that's what I'm saying, though. In and certain man, cases, I, mean, I wasn't saying that in a particularly positive way. No, <laughs> but I'm just saying in certain cases where where it's right to play a big long solo and completely get away from the tune. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we've been doing that for years, and I'm sure there's some going to be some songs on my record where there's going to be long solos and. But it's just that it has to just feel right. That's yeah. it. And you, I can't really make that assessment until rehearsal, until we figure out, until we rehearse the songs and go, hmm, you know, like, is this the type of song where it really needs a big, long bass solo? Or should you just play maybe an eight-bar solo and it's sort of like a token solo to get us from one point to another? And we won't know that until we rehearse. You've got to go with your gut, right? It's the only thing you have to go from. It's not a technical thing. It's yeah. how it makes you feel when you hear it. If you sort of, if I start to feel like, okay, we're getting away from the tune too much. It feels, it feels wrong. It feels unnatural to 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 go out on a limb this far for this particular song. Then you call it in. You you reel it in. And on the other hand, if it feels like, okay, this is a song where we can play for twenty minutes and get back to the tune and it feels right, then that's cool too. It's just figuring out which song gets what treatment. And that's right. all part of just the... That's part of the... That's why I say, you know, when I say I finished writing, <laughs> it's it's kind of a small statement because there's still rehearsals, there's still gigs. There's lots of time for the music to evolve before it actually gets recorded. Well, do, you, so, do you guys, yeah. when you guys write... Do you prefer to, like, you come up with the idea, you come up, say you come up with a song that you think you've pretty much, you've, you've worked out, you have the idea, you've got it roughed out. Now, do you prefer to go into the studio, get that idea down and lock it down? Or do you prefer, you know what, I'm going to spend six months with this song and see where it goes. I mean, do you have a preference of what you guys prefer to do? I'd rather spend six months with it, but you don't always have that. No. Oh, as long as you have, that's what I would prefer. If you sure, have be, that, because yeah. shit just develops, you know. That's yeah. why I'm such a stickler with, you know. I mean, I work with not only myself but with my students at school, and I, you know, they have recitals, and I'm I'm a real stickler with trying to teach them about timelines. Because hmm. don't be the guy that writes a bunch of tunes, goes in, everybody reads them on the record, 
and then they go out and they play the record, you know, on, on gigs, and like, no, and then like three months, three mm. weeks in, they realize how much cool shit that there is that they learned right. about the song that should have been on the record, right. but because they didn't do the preparation, they that stuff the world will never hear unless you were lucky enough to be one of the four people in the club that hurts. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, right. so um, yeah, so I try to make them have like an idea of what the tunes are this far in advance and what the arrangements are this far and have them just play the songs by themselves and with the band and we'll just let stuff happen, move it through keys, play it through different tempos, you know, just really explore where the songs can go, all the possibilities with it, so that by the time you get into the studio with it, the good stuff is percolated to the top. Right. I mean, it's, That's it's really always... Important. But you don't always have that luxury. No. But don't. if you do, you're less than a musician with integrity if you don't take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's... In my case, we've been playing four of the new tunes for two tours. Mm -hmm. So they're about as developed as they're going to be. They're, and you know, did, how much did they change from the original lots, idea? A lot. Lots. Lots. Yeah, yeah, lots. Yeah. They, were, they were very stiff sounding when we started. But now there's four, five new tunes that um, two of them are no-brainers. It wouldn't really... Okay. But there are, there are three tunes... Where we have three days to rehearse those three tunes, and then we're going to record them. Now, one of the things is that I know that my guys are very, very, very um, responsible. They're going to be playing those tunes at home. You know, uh, they're going to be discovering things that they can do with them. They're really going to be sussed out, and they're going to have their homework before we get to rehearsal. It's not going to be about am I playing the right note. It's going to be about the concept of it. What right. should we try? Let's try this. So we're going to try lots of different stuff. But one of the cool things about playing trio is that even if the bass and drums could have further developed those tunes on the road, the thing is, is that I have lots of time. And since I'm the main instrument and I'm doing most of the, the harmony and melody, I have lots of time to mess with that stuff while I'm overdubbing, while I'm rehearsing it. It's going to be between now and the time the record comes out, there's infinite possibilities that I could play the tune hundreds of times and come up with some amazing stuff that right now I don't have under my fingers. So in, in a sense, I do have plenty of time. They don't, and I just just throw it in, and there you go. So the, the, the music can continually evolve, and that's the beauty of it. It's, it's not the same as playing it on stage, but it's not the same as having just to commit to it and never mess with it. It's like it is what it is when you record it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you like just sit and not, play it, shit falls out of your hands. Yeah. All of a sudden you're yeah. playing it and you hear something you never heard before. You know I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like... Music, that's what music is. If you really care about it, you just, oh, that's this, boom, it's done. You know, it's like, what? That's, you know, you spend more time, like, ordering dinner at a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a, there's a solo on um, the song Vibe Station at the end over these chord changes. And, you know, the solo on the record is good, but after two, three tours, four tours... Man, I'm playing those changes. Like, I have lots of cool ideas and much better stuff to play on it than what I played on the record, but it's too late now. 
because well, you is, know doesn't that with the the live album come into well, play? Yeah, but the the thing is, is even though even that, I wanted to keep it a kind of a short tune, and the I didn't want a big, huge, long solo at the end of it. Yeah. So it wouldn't have really made that much difference. It's just that it's just that I I wish some of that stuff that I'm playing live, and there you go, you can have a live record and document that stuff if I want to. So yeah, it's all good. <clears throat> All right, man. That's that's enough of that. <laughs> Let's talk about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like there's too many. I haven't got enough hard disk okay. space. No hard disk space <laughs> for that. But um, we got any emails or anything? Oh, no one cares anymore. No, right? we so got it's over. We this got, must be like the hundredth show by now. No, it's not the hundredth show. Um, Damn. Oh, it's Scott. It just any like chances of you? persuading uh kirk covington on the show sure i mean kirk would come on the show he he just bought a house in la really so, um, yeah so he's gonna be part-time here part-time in austin and when he's in town i'm sure he would love to come on the show and he'd be a riot because he's just a crazy man that would be cool yeah it'd be fun to have him great we we got a lot of um a lot of <laughs> Fuck, we got a lot of emails. We did? Yeah, we got a lot of Are you emails. you ignoring them? No, I'm not ignoring them. It's just that we got ones about people missing their mugs. Uh-oh. Yeah. Are you falling behind? Yeah, anymore? no, no, we're on top of that now. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Troy, you've got that job. Um, Troy, <laughs> hello, Troy, Bruce, and Scott. Please piss off everybody in the world. Be political, incorrect, uh. and tell them to fuck off. That's your channel, your podcast, and there is no rule for it that what it makes it that's what makes it interesting. I am pissed off with the human race and even when it's free, fun people find a way not to be happy. Come on. Thank you and continue to have fun. Well, thank you for your There you go. You. That sounds good. We'll be we'll be real assholes whenever we can. <laughs> Speaking of which, Scott had a colonoscopy. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, when did that happen? That was last week. Was that fun? Well, I have to say, they have improved it. Um, The stuff that you drink, I can remember, like, the last time, it was just the worst. This time, I make this powder, it's called Miralax. You buy it just over the counter. Right. And you mix it with Gatorade. And I swear (laughs) to God, I couldn't really taste it. It just tasted like Gatorade to me. Oh it, my it, god! It really didn't taste that bad, and and I had to drink a gallon of it, so I better like it because I have to drink a gallon through the course of the day. Yeah, and then you just have to sit there and not go too far from from the bathroom, and uh, and then the 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 fun part was the next day they give you some anesthesia, but it's it doesn't knock you out. You're still awake, but you're just numbed. But I could actually watch the monitor while they were doing the procedure. Oh wow! And I asked, I told the doctor, I said, you know, it's not as interesting as, you know, like, The Force Awakens, but it's, you know, it's <laughs> kind of cool. You know, there's some caverns and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Space <laughs> through caverns. Yeah. Oh wow! And he said, yeah, we managed to have a good time. <laughs> and then I said, when I walked in, I said, I bought you guys some flowers. They're on your desk. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. <laughs> that was, it was pretty funny. But everybody was really nice because they know you're in a pissed off mood because you haven't slept because you've been on the toilet all night long. 
and nobody has slept at all that's there. So they're, they're really on their best to try to make you feel <laughs> good, and, and, and they've got jokes. And you know, it, was, it was a pretty all-positive experience, I have to say. So all bad. good in the hood? Yeah, all's good. <laughs> yeah. All's good. Is this what I have to look forward to? Yeah, I mean, oh, everybody yeah, you got your 50,000-mile checkup. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Troy's looking at it. Yeah, it's, uh... Oh, man. Can you squeal like a pig? <laughs> <laughs> definitely an experience. I don't know, a good winner, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Well, I don't love that. Yeah, you know, I can't uh, wait to hear you afterwards. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was really, gonna, of all the experiences in my life, that was one of them. <laughs> that's not going to be fun. I thought one funny thing was the guy next to me. I never got a look at his face, but he was in the next room. And I heard him say to the nurse, you know what? I was like, just all all night long, I was pooping. <laughs> I was like, this must be his first one. What? Yeah. <laughs> So we have a non-experienced colonoscopy. We are a rookie. <laughs> a rookie. Is <laughs> <laughs> a rookie. Like I don't know. I was all pooping all night long. Uh, yep. Yep. <coughs> you got any more emails there? Yeah, story, I'm, just... I'm. I'm just looking at the emails now. There's one here that um, he's a huge fan. Scott, he loves you. Well, you know, what's to love? <laughs> he loves you, Scott. He's been he's actually been transcribing some of your Scott your stuff, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, but he he has a million questions, but one of them is it's been bugging him. Do you have a certain tempo dead spot?
Thank you. 